Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Five times already. She's like the most gracious friend, just so y'all know. She'll pick up all the things, fix all the things. Is that better? Okay. You can also give me a handheld if it's just janky and it's not going to work. I can, I can work with that. Okay, so typically... Oh my gosh, now, now she's looking at me. Typically, I'm just going to hold it right here. Typically, when I teach, I really, I really like to have a plan. I like to kind of have an outline, like to kind of know where we're headed. Just makes me feel better. Um, and earlier this year, the Lord invited me to share um, some things that he had been doing in my life. And I, y'all, I dove in. I mean, I had like and I know some of y'all know this, I had like 10 pages planned. I was like, we're going to do the thing. It's going to be awesome, Lord. Um, you've taught me some things, and I'm going to expound on them. It's going to be great. And literally an hour before I was to stand up and teach, and I'm learning, y'all. There are some of you in this room that hear him so clearly and on the minute-by-minute basis, and he is speaking to me louder and clearer than he ever has in my life. But he said, um, yeah, you don't get to use any of that. Okay, Um, so I get my lunch from the food truck, and I lay all my things out like a sacrifice before the Lord, right? Okay, Lord, what do I get to use? He goes, page one, which is a prayer, and the last page, which is finish. Like, read the book you brought and close. (laughs) Okay, like, but all of this. And I turned a page over and I said, okay, but you're going to give me an outline, right? Like, I'm going to at least know where we're headed. And he was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. You're good. Just get up there. Just get up there. So I didn't do all the planning this time. I've been sitting with him for the last month or so going, okay, what do you have to say? What do you need for my heart to understand in a new way? And what do you, what do you need to speak? And so... I just kept hearing him say, love your enemies. Just really hard, y'all. Because I think if we're honest, we have got the love, the pretty people in your life down. The people who don't show up with a lot of need or a lot of things. Like even people who show up with need, I love loving, but it's the ones that wound me. It's the ones that hurt me. It's the ones that slander my name. It's the one who slandered the name of my father. It's hard. It's really hard. So I was like, okay. Um, I've had a year of really hard, Lord. And like, you called me to forgive, right? How many times? 70 times? Seven? Like, right. You called me to that. I've done the forgiving. I, d- I did that part, Lord. He's like, but there's more. There's more. I think, sweet daughter, you've stopped short. And he is a good, good father. And he knows how deep that well goes with him. And he knows when we've stopped short. 
when there's more of him to be had, when there's more of him to overflow from us that we are not walking in, that he needs for us to dive into. I said, okay. All right, Lord, so love your enemies. So I'm just going to kind of share with you a little bit tonight as I sat with him the last couple of months where he took me and where he walked me through. So at the beginning of the year, um, we as the Board of Entourage stood up here and kind of shared with you what the Lord had put on each of our hearts for our year. And the thing that he had spoken over my life this year was wash feet. Because I struggle with pride. I struggle with judgment. And he just kept saying to me, your job is just to show up and wash feet. I don't need you doing it publicly. I don't need you doing it in any way that anybody even knows. Just show up and wash feet. And so as I sat and listened to love your enemies and wash feet, he just carried me to John 13. So if you have your Bibles with you tonight or your phone or however you access the word, we're going we're gonna to camp there for a little bit. We're going to start in verse 3. John is one of our Gospels, okay? So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, so as you're starting the New Testament, that's where it's going to be. And we're going to start in verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I think it's hard for us to understand the stigma of that in today's world where we strive and we work so hard for equality and that we, we see each other on an equal playing field. We had the privilege of serving overseas as missionaries and I can remember so vividly a man in our church coming into our home and he wouldn't sit at my kitchen table with us because our maid was sitting at the table. This is, this is better. Is this better? Can you hear me? There you go. Can I untape this? Thank you. I love you much for that. Um, he wouldn't sit at the table because in that culture and in that community, she was less than. She was not, she was not his equal. I can imagine that when we watch Peter in a little bit go, oh my gosh, what are you doing? It's that culture where there is a very hierarchy and Jesus has said, here's where I camp. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pour water in a basin. I'm going to take off the towel. And he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, why do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but after, you're, after you will understand. And Peter goes on to say, well, wash all of me, right? And then in verse 12 he says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, 
for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet of one another. For I've given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. And he's going to go on to talk about the servant and the master. But the Lord just continued to whisper to me, Laura, you're, you're washing feet. You show up at Entourage. You love the boutique. You show up at your job. You wash feet. Except if they've hurt you. Except if they have said something that has tarnished your, your opinion of yourself or someone else's opinion of you. And then, sweet daughter, I think you've buried your head in the sand. I think you've said that's as far as I can go. I have forgiven, but don't ask me to love them. Please don't ask me to love them. And what Jesus is going to say to his disciples is he's going to say, Judas is here. And he's going to say, Peter, you're here. You're going to deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. And in part of it, he's going to say, and all of you are going to scatter. All of you will be my enemy at one point. And these are his beloved. These are his peeps. These are his people. And yet each one of them is going to become an enemy. And he shows us what to do. And he kneels. And he takes off sandals. And he washes feet. I try to shower most every day. More so in the summer because we're all sticky in Oklahoma. For the most part, I probably haven't had toe jam since I was a little girl. Like if, let's just, you know. But y'all, they get grody. They get gross. And you carry all the things with you. And that's where we find our Savior. There weren't paved roads. There wasn't asphalt these guys were walking on. There weren't closed-toed tennis shoes. They have picked up every single thing along their journey. And he says, I'll clean it. I'll clean it. I'm going to clean it now with water. I'm about to clean it with blood. Right? That's what he shows us. And then if we go to the account in Luke, let's flip to Luke real quick. We're going to go to Luke 22. As you walk with the Lord, walk through those, those gospels, you guys, because it's so beautiful to see it from each of their eyes, isn't it? John tells us one part, Luke tells us another, and we weave it all together, and we get this beautiful picture of what's happening. So in Luke 22, after he's washed the feet, in verse 14, he sets the table. He sets the table. You come on, girl. No, you're good. Don't apologize. I was nervous coming in here tonight. I always get nervous. And then I was like, it's just entourage. Like, we are the chillest people. Walk across, mess up, mess your mic. It's totally fine. It's no big deal. We're just going to talk about Jesus. Um, he's washed feet, and now he's going to set the table. At that same conference that I shared with in the spring, I was over our welcome committee. And I've moved a lot in my life. It's hard to walk into women's events by yourself when you're new. It's hard, y'all. 
I love this place because I hope that everyone that walks in here knows, like, you have a place here. You have a place here. And we're going to greet you at the door, and we're going to love on you, and we're going to make coffee when it's a gajillion degrees outside. And come get clothes that you want, you need, whatever. This is just a place where you just get to show up with whatever you are, whatever you have, and whatever you bring. And I wanted that for women. And so I even had T-shirts made for our welcome committee because I think it's so important as women that we communicate to other women that you have, you have a place at the table. The chairs aren't full. In fact, at my table, and I don't have enough time, I have a vision the Lord gave me, and my table has benches because I want to put as many butts on those benches as I can. Not limited by chairs. And so as he took me to Luke 22, he said, hey, it's really sweet that you had T-shirts made. Good job. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Well, way to go. Does that offer stand for your enemy? If they showed up at that door to that women's event, you're going to say this with love? You're going to open the door? Are you going to embrace them? Are you going to say, come in? Come sit by me. And I can be really honest and tell you, no. I wouldn't have. I would have said, but they're going to hurt me again. And please, in all of this, do not hear me saying that there's not a space in our life to have healthy boundaries, okay? Also hear that. If there's a person in your life or if there's someone that's wounded you that is not safe, I'm not asking you to dive into things that are unsafe for you, okay? Full disclosure, okay? All the things. But my heart would not have received them at the door with this plastered on myself, saying, yes, you're welcome. But Jesus did. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And the same apostles, because he's Jesus, that knows we'll scatter, we'll deny him, we'll sell him. And he said to them, I have earnestly, do you hear it? I have earnestly, desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. He set the table. In this account, did you ever hear Jesus say, hey, you don't get to, you don't get to eat of the bread until you clean yourself up? Till you figure out your life, till you confess that you're going to totally, totally mess me over in just minutes and hours and days. It's not there because he didn't say it. It's not who he is. It's not what he teaches. His invitation does not come with strings other than just come as you are. And I was putting strings on the invitation to my table. You can come to my table, but after you apologize. After you promise that you're not going to hurt me again. 
after you tell everyone what you did. But I think the thing that the Lord has unpacked for me, he showed me in a vision this spring. And about halfway through the story that he told me, as he's carried me out of a dark place, and he carried me. He didn't look at me and say, walk down the stairs by yourself, Laura, go do the things. He picked me up, and he scooped me up, and he carried me out of darkness, and he took me to a field of grass. And it was this open field. It was like in a neighborhood, and it was like there were homes all around it. And Jesus and I just played. We played tag. We played freeze tag. We chased each other. He had the biggest Jesus grin on his face. And I, I was free. And then all of a sudden, the person who had hurt me in that dark place came down the stairs. Jesus didn't stop playing. He didn't go over to that person and say, hey, you make it right before you get to come play with us. Apologize. Do the things. And there's space for confession. All the things. But the invitation to play was what came. And then all of a sudden, after we've played, and we're all playing because there's this restoration and reconciliation with Jesus, then suddenly people start showing up. And I'm like, wait a second. Who are these people? Because I know this person that's wounded me. You guys are people that I've hurt. Here's my enemy, but I'm your enemy because we're all broken. We're all broken. We're all human. We go around bumping into each other, and the flesh pours out. Galatians 5, before we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the Lord tells us all the things of the flesh that pour out, right? Things of the flesh had poured out on other people, and I had wounded people. Did Jesus stop tag and say, Laura, oh my gosh, can you like please figure your life out? Go make that right. There was just this leveling of a playing field, if you will, that all of a sudden I could understand how I was supposed to love her because I was receiving it from this direction. Because the Lord revealing to me that I was someone's enemy, that in reality, I was his enemy in my sin. Allowed me to go, oh, that's, that's what I get to extend to you. That's your invitation to the table. I think sometimes we love to just pretend like this part doesn't. Who likes to look back and go, oh, my gosh, I have failed all the people. <laughs> Who loves to look back and go, geez, I messed that one up. Do you love it when someone knocks on your door and goes, hey, I need to talk about something you did? Does your heart go, yes, let's do that? Or do you go, oh, geez, I've done it again. But until we understand that this side is, it's really first. It's understanding my position and my role in that, the receiving of mercy and grace that I was given that allows me to overflow that this direction, right? 
and not just forgive, but love. But love. Get down on my knees and wash feet and set the table. So as I was walking through that account of Jesus, the words of, of enemies kept peeking in my brain. Have you guys, you guys thought of a table that was set in the presence of the enemies? You switched to Psalm 23 for me? I think this is one we're probably all really familiar with, but I'm going to read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I said, okay, Lord. So, so I'm a little confused now. So I watched Jesus wash feet and set the table, and the invitation is open. But, but this says you set the table in the presence of my enemies. And, and I think to understand that, we have to understand who David is. Like, we have to understand what's going on in that time. And they're conquering people, and they're taking enemies captive. And if I'm real and honest, that's the way I want to treat my enemies. I want the table set before me. I want to get to commune with Jesus, but you get to hang in the corner. That table's set for me. Did you, you want to watch? Did you want to watch while I hang out with Jesus? Maybe one day you'll get to. Like, that's, that's where my heart is when I'm working in my flesh, when I'm living out of that, and I'm not surrendering to what the Lord has for me. That's the stopping short. That's the saying, I forgive you for what you've done. But I don't know I can love you. And what I don't want us to do is see two gods either. Our God is the same. The shepherd who is here is the same shepherd in the New Testament. But in Isaiah 43, the Lord tells us he's doing a new thing. We sang a line in this song that, that talked about whispers. And sometimes like, I, I feel like when, we, when I'm reading Psalm 23, I hear him whispering back to me, hey, I'm doing a new thing. Come, come over here too. I'm doing a new thing. It's called Jesus called Jesus. And so that old law of conquering and hating and all the things, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to call you into new seasons. And when he does that and he whispers and I hear him in my flesh, I go, it's too much. It's too much. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And then he takes me back to the floor, to the feet. And he takes me back to the table and he says, daughter, the new thing I gave you in Jesus, he showed you how. I learn by example, you guys. I learn so much better if someone, like if you just like tell me how, super great. You're probably going to have to tell me 10 times. <laughs> so sorry. I'm going to circle back around and go, hey, I know you told me. I forgot step five. But if you show me, 
if I can put my eyes to what you're trying to teach me. Our children do that, right? For better or for worse. They learn by watching us. And I kept hearing Father say, I've shown you. I gave you the example. And don't forget, you don't ever do it alone. Because that's a scary place to be in front of your enemy, right? I think there's times when I have stood before my enemy that I felt like Uriah the Hittite. You know the story of Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba? And David's ready to get rid of Uriah. So he sends him off to war, and he puts him on the front line, and he, he retreats, he withdraws, and Uriah's left out there, defenseless, without anybody to his left or his right. And I think sometimes Satan loves to convince us that when God calls us into hard things, that he calls us in there on our own. And that's a lie. It's a lie. You are never standing on the front line alone. Never. Scripture tells us he's before us and behind us. He's around us. He is everywhere. I think of every movie I've ever watched with my boys. <laughs> and you have like the little scrawny guy and he's walking in to do something really brave and he like thinks he's pulled it off on his own and then the camera pans to like the ginormous big brother behind him or something like that, right? We have that beautiful big brother. We have that savior and he walks into every battle, every battle by our side. That same vision that he showed me of the green grass, he unfolded a timeline of my life. And every place that I thought I had walked by myself, every hard thing that I had had to do that Previously, I had seen alone and by myself. Oh my gosh, he was there. And in the hard things, he was standing beside me weeping because he knew what my heart was going through. And he was grieving with me and I was not standing in that grief alone. I was not standing in that brokenness alone. And when there were beautiful things, he was standing there cheering me on. Why, if he allowed me to see where he's been all along, would he not continue to go with me? It is who he is. He is not changing. You can plant your feet on that. You can take that to the bank. That check will cash. I promise you. So what I want us to hear tonight is that our God is a God who knows how far he's called us. And he loves us enough to know when there's more of him to be had. You don't do it alone. The Holy Spirit within you. Do you know what the first fruit of the Spirit that's listed is? Say it loud, say it proud. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love, joy, peace, patience, all the beautiful things. But he starts with love. Because he also tells us that how are we going to be known? They will know you are mine by your love. I had stopped short. 
So not only does that hurt my heart and, and keep me from knowing more of him, but it impacts the way that, that my witness in the world happens too. I want anyone who bumps up against me or rubs elbows with me to know that this invitation is for everyone. It's for everyone. I hope we are shocked when we get to heaven sometimes at the people that are there. I really do. Because I want everybody to be there. And if somebody is there because I walked out love and forgiving and reconciliation and inviting them to the table, all praise and all glory to the God who did it because it will not be by my flesh. It will not be. And also know that it's not a switch. It's not something you just turn and like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I can do all the things. It's a daily fight. It's a daily fight to fight our flesh, to surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, I want more of you. Fill me, flow through me, reveal to me the things that are not of you that need to be cleaned out and sloughed off and sanctified. But if you ask him, oh, y'all, and he'll come at you. I think I told Shirley this this weekend, and that when he has something to say, he's coming at you from all the directions, I promise you. Janelle sent a message out. She's like, hey, guess what verse was on my Bible app today about loving your enemies? I had this shirt in my drawer. Also, I have a shirt that says, you can't wash feet while throwing stones. I had another shirt in my drawer that says, let all that you do be done in love. I'm like, all right, I hear you. I hear you. Ask him. I promise you, y'all, ask him and sit with him and let him lead you from one place to another. This word, it will come alive. It will come alive. We talk about it all the time in this place. The things that the Lord shares with us are not just for us. They're for everybody. Everybody. So I just want to pray that over us tonight, that the Lord will show us how to walk in more of him, that he will show us where we've been stopping short, where there is deeper of him to be had, and that we'll just trust that he's going to show us how and he's never going to leave us alone in walking that out. So, Father God, we just come to you tonight, and we ask forgiveness. We ask forgiveness, and we repent of all the ways that we have stopped short, all the ways that we have limited our understanding of who you are, all the ways that we have limited the healing that you long to bring to our hearts that then you long to overflow onto others around us. We are so sorry. And yet we also know that you are not a God bound by time. Nothing surprises you. So Father, you knew that we would come to this place tonight. You knew that our hearts would be burdened for the fact that we've stopped short in places in our lives. We have gone part of the way, but Father, we're ready to go all the way. Father, we want to be chin deep in your river. We're so tired of wading in ankle deep and going, I'm in, I'm in, but I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of in charge. Father, we're ready. We are ready to be chin deep that your river that flows from the throne would be our every movement. 
we would be surrendered to what you have for us. That we would watch in your word for the examples that you gave us. That we would open these pages and let you, Holy Spirit, guide our minds and guide our thoughts. You would show us how to love, to love those who are kind to us and to love those who are awful to us. May it be a proclamation. May it be the most beautiful testimony to who you are. May you shine ever brighter in our weakness. May we as those cracked pots just shine your glory. May the beautiful things that people see in us be because we're following Jesus. And because we walk into those things by your strength and your power and your authority, not our own. And when we try to walk in it on our own, please sit our butts down. And remind us, remind us that we were once the enemy. Remind us the mercy and the grace and the salvation that just so beautifully pours over us every day. We give you everything. May we live open-handed, Father. Thank you. Thank you for being a good, good God. Thank you for whispering to us. Thank you for drawing us in. Thank you for loving us enough to continue to remind us and call us into more of you. Thank you that there is no end to you. Thank you that until we see you face to face, every day will bring new revelation and understanding of who you are. Thank you that that is who you are. And we get to call you Father. We get to call you Dad. We get to call you Savior. We get to call you Holy One and Almighty. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus. It is in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 